Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Tuesday to everyone. Welcome back to the One Man Low Council and to episode 241 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, this show is uploaded as a podcast, typically the night of or the day after over on Anchor.fm, and then put out to all various locations. And so if you are listening to this as a podcast, please leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you are using. We have a lot to talk about tonight because, of course, the Wednesday Raven Awards, the third annual Wednesday Raven Awards, will be coming up this Sunday as a boycott of the Oscars. So not only is it a boycott, it is also an opportunity for you, the good people, to have your voices heard for the best and worst in film and pop culture. If you have not yet voted in this year's Wednesday Raven Awards, you have until Friday. That's right, you have until this Friday. This Friday evening, I will be shutting off voting. And you will not be able to submit anything after that point because i got to get stuff ready for our... Wednesday Raven Award Show on Sunday. Also, this Sunday, we have, once again, our Chosen of Valhalla stream. So Sunday is going to be an incredibly busy day. And because of that very reason, I will not be having a usual Saturday stream. So I will be letting you all know that now, that there will be no Saturday stream. I still plan to be on Friday Night Tights, but there will be no Saturday stream because... I'm going to be doing a lot of streaming on Sunday, doing probably three hours or so with The Chosen of Valhalla, and then probably doing another two and a half to three hours, potentially, for the Wednesday Raven Awards as well. We probably won't go the entire time. We don't really try and match up completely with the Oscars as far as runtime is concerned. The main thing is that people have an outlet to go to because... One of the things that the Oscars used to be was it used to be a lot of fun. It used to be fun to talk about the best movies of the year, to talk about movies that maybe should have gotten recognition, movies that shouldn't have gotten recognition, talk about actors and, you know, the behind the scenes politics, but the kind of politics that's always been around, right? The kind of stuff where you're like, oh, it's just fun to talk about. Now, of course, everything has been so inundated with actual real world politics that it's no longer an escape. It's no longer escapism, as it used to be. And I've, I've mentioned this before. I used to be a huge Oscars watcher. I used to always look into the history and to look into who the frontrunners were and to follow all the Guild Awards and all that stuff because I just loved movies. I just love, and I still love movies. I don't want to, to, you know, to be taken the wrong way. I still very much love movies. Again, you know, part of what I do here is try and talk about movies and see as many movies as I possibly can. But the Oscars, I think, and award shows in general and just Hollywood in general has really begun to sour, not just me, but a lot of other people when it comes to these things. So, yeah, anyway, a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. So the Oscars boycott is alive and well. Again, we got the Raven Awards preview, so we'll go through some of those categories that we have mentioned previously when we had the initial announcement of the nominations. Uh, But we'll talk about that a little bit more. And, of course, Easter still being in the title because it is still the Easter season. So happy and blessed Easter to everybody as I am now turning on Heimdall. So don't worry. Don't you fret. Heimdall is slowly turning on. So give it about a minute or so, and then Heimdall should be responding. And as we wait, let's say hello to the D-Live fam first. We got Captain J-Rod, the beer guru. What's going on, Captain J-Rod? I see you over in the D-Live fam with that Groot uh, Groot gif 
one could say, of the little waving Groot. We also have Captain Dean Heiss going on over there as well. Hail to you both. All right, going back to the YouTube chat. What's going on, YouTube chat? We had some people here early. We had Slicer Neons in the chat. Snort of Poop is Cuber. Snorpius Cuber says, hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? Brian Barth in the chat. Golden Ration, what's going on? Says, hail Odin, hail all, hail to you. Father Christopher Miller, hail to you. Yeah, I know it's been some frustrating stuff going on today, but hey, uh, tonight is going to be hopefully an escape from the nonsense going on in our country, going on in our world right now. Anyway, that's all I'll say at the moment. Let's see, we got Tina B. What's going on, Empress of the Universe? Tina B., How's it hanging? Glad to see you back. Uh, let's see who else is here. Those were the early peeps. Those were the early peeps. We got Bifford a Hobbit here. What's going on? Uh, let's see. Moss Burke says, Odin, have you seen A Week Away on Netflix? Best Christian movie I've seen in a long time. Super fun and family friendly, but no one seems to be talking about it. Would love a review. Yeah, I saw that your I saw your comment early because it was at 655 and I did a quick search for it. I don't think it would be my cup of tea personally. Uh, it just doesn't really seem like my kind of movie. Um, you know, being a Catholic doesn't mean that I just automatically am drawn to or watch a lot of Christian films because, unfortunately, a lot of Christian films are not very good. You know, you have the company Pure Flix, which, again, I, I support what they're doing. And obviously, there's a large portion of audience, like there's a large Christian population that, that likes to watch those movies. I've just never found them to be very good. You know, I've seen a few of them, and they're just always just not good. They're not up to the standard that the rest of Hollywood is at as far as the quality and, and production, especially their, their choice of actors. And I know they're a little bit more limited on that, but still, it's like mm, I, I would expect a little bit more. Um, so I'm more drawn to you know better films by – so, for instance, um, huge fan of a film like The Passion of Christ by Mel Gibson. We've been watching that, finishing that up, actually, in a lot of my classes because – it's, it's not just a Catholic movie. It, it's also, you know, a very well-done movie made by a competent director with very competent, you know, actors brought into the process as well. It's just a high-quality movie. Even the movie, it, it's crazy to me, like, rewatching it, it's crazy to me that that film was made back in 2004 because the movie still holds up, like, effects-wise, for the most part. There's only, a, there's, like, a couple of moments, and really only one that bothers me a lot, and it's, for anyone that knows, it's when Christ dies on the cross and then there is the one raindrop that falls. It's always bothered me because it's just, it just I understood that it was a way of kind of building the tension and kind of having that moment of Christ just died and kind of just letting that sit for a moment. But the effect of it falling and then also hitting the ground, I don't know. Like, that's the only, that's the only like objective thing I can look at at the movie and say that this wasn't that great. But everything else, I think, just really does hold up so very well. And again, that goes to the fact that the movie was made by a competent team. And you look to almost any of the films being put up by Pure Flix, and they're outdated within a week. Um, <laughs> in addition to just not being that good in the first place. So I don't know if that movie was made by Pure Flix or not. But typically when you say Christian movie, it's usually a Pure Flix or a proxy of them. There really aren't, unfortunately, a whole lot of modern day good Christian movies. There's some classic, like classic Hollywood we used to not be afraid of telling stories um, from a you know Christian perspective or, or about Christian life. Nowadays, of course, they can't. Uh, Super Anime Gamer, what's going on? He says, hey, what is up, my dude? What's going on, Super? Hybrid X13 in the chat as well. Viva the Hobbit says, I saw Call Time 
starring YouTuber Tyrone Magnus, and it was better than I thought. Have not heard about that myself. Soul Assassin, hail to you. Glad to have you here. Alex McCarthy says, howdy, Odin. How's your day been? How's Thor? I'm here-ish, swamped with IT training studies. Well, uh, my day's my day's been fine. It was mostly test today anyway, but yeah, I just last couple days have been very just exhausted and drained when I've gotten home. Don't know exactly what that is, but you know, it's just I think it's that that moment when the kids start to really fall into. I mean, obviously the seniors have been falling into senioritis for for a while now, but when all the other ones are starting to fall into that, like I just can't wait for the summer. I think it kind of hits. And, you know, obviously I still love my job and I love, you know, the interactions and just the conversations that we have in, in, in class. But at the same time, it's like I just feel so drained and I don't know. Uh, but baby Thor is doing great. He had a rough day, too, actually. We think he's going through a growth spurt because he's been a little cranky last last day and a half or so. Uh, the new number two, who's Dean Heiss, is over on YouTube as well. He's saying hello to everybody. Orange Hat Reviews of the member says the orange hat hath cometh. What's going on, Orange Chat Reviews? Glad to have you here. Uh, again, Father Christopher Miller, the chaplain of OMB Reviews. We got ZK Man. What's going on, ZK Man? He's a member. He's also part of the Chosen of Valhalla stream. We got James Dashier in the chat. What's going on, James? Glad to see you here. We got Rosie G12, who's a member, says, Hail Odin in chat. Hail to you, Rosie G12. So glad to have you here. Robney says, hey, Odin, I watched Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Crazy movie, but I liked it. I have that movie. I I can't remember if I bought it. I think I bought it, yeah, because I, I don't think I was sent that one. But I, I bought the movie, and my wife had showed some vague interest in watching it. So I, I put it off and have been putting it off ever since. So I have it. I, I haven't watched it yet, though, and I want to, though. <laughs> I know it's uh I know that it's Tina's favorite movie of all time because Russell Crowe's in it, but um it is still a movie that I I still want to see because it, I just feel like it's just gonna be crazy in all the right ways. See, uh, Crisco, Crisco six twelve says, "Have you seen Saint Maud? Are you the one that's always recommended Saint Maud? Uh, I have not seen Saint Maud yet." And again, it just comes down to every time that I, I've looked it up, I've just not really felt a desire to to see it. Guys, let's see what this follows. A pious nurse who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of her dying patient. Again, that just doesn't really sound like it. It says, and in the in the whole breakdown, it says an unholy terror. Um, so I don't even know what this is supposed to be about. Like is this supposed to be like demonic possession type thing? Because I, I don't... Let's see. It says, your savior is coming. I don't like that. I, I, I don't really like that mindset. <laughs> it's a drama horror mystery. See, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the horror genre. I like thrillers, but just that tagline just doesn't have, does not have me interested at all, man. Uh, let's see, Slicer says, Hail, there might be hope for humanity. Videos on the Oscars channel like the ones of how dare you girl documentary is ratioed. Yeah, but here's the thing. Is that ratio? Here's the, Ratios on YouTube don't mean a thing. Ratios on Twitter don't mean a thing. They don't do anything. Yeah, it makes us feel good. Yeah, it kind of gives us that dopamine hit, but it doesn't change anything. Because what, what's been happening ever since these videos uh, and other channels have been ratioed 
oh, now YouTube's talking about getting rid of the entire dislike feature in the first place. So they will change the rules constantly if you find even a small sliver of light. And there really isn't a whole lot there because, as I said, it doesn't change anything. It might make us feel a little bit better, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. So I don't have any hope. I actually don't. Because here's the thing. You can go to any corner of the internet and find thousands of people with the same opinion as you do. And every single time, it's not going to be the reality of the actual world that we live in. Because when you look at, just for instance, if you look at the percentage of Americans in our country who actually vote every year, there's millions of people who are eligible who don't. And then when you break that down even further, you have just so many individual personalities that you cannot possibly capture in R, D, I, or any of the other letters that people put next to their name. And so it really, I don't know, I just, I've, I've been having some moments today especially, but especially more recently, where I, I just am just getting so sick of the social media companies, the media companies. It's just they want to put everyone into categories. They want to continuously divide us. And the sad thing is, is that it's working. And a lot of it is because we are allowing them to do it. Whether it's in us finding voices that we like or in hating voices that we don't, they're working. They're working on us. Remember that people at Facebook and Twitter have even said, yeah, we know exactly how to make someone feel any emotion that we want them to feel. They have so much AI technology following posts, following trends of your life that they can then show you one thing and they know that one thing will get you off. They know that one thing will get you angry. They know that one thing will distract you, make you dive down the rabbit hole. And they use that against us. They use it against us. So I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Orange Eye Review says, Heimdall Awaken. I command thee. Well, no one commands Heimdall except me. Uh, Tina BS701 says, Raiders should have won the best picture. Damn their hides. Yeah, actually, it was coming up in conversation today because someone had mentioned uh, just movies in general and they, they wondered if, a, they wondered if uh, a movie had ever won an Oscar. And then it brought up the conversation of the year that Forrest Gump won. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was... Yeah, I was because I mentioned saying the only thing I know about this as far as getting nominated and as far as anything like that is that that's the year Forrest Gump won and Shawshank didn't. <laughs> uh, favorite sci-fi, hail to you! I'm glad to have you back. Uh, Hypernext thirteen tagged and of course Chad jumped on me like it always does. So hail to everyone in here. We got just another red shirt. Hail to you, Charles Watt. Hail to you as well. Glad to have you here. Um, let's see. Hypernext13 says, I rewatched Hellboy yesterday, so I really enjoyed the special effects. Currently finishing the second one, Golden Army. Del Toro really knows how to blend character and monster elements. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i always appreciated the fact that they did make Hellboy practical. I do like that. In both iterations, too. Though, of course, the, the remade version is, is not 
anywhere as good as the original. But even the original is one where it's like, I like it, but it's not good enough for me to ever really want to rewatch it. I just have no desire to rewatch that franchise. Uh, Orange Eye Reviews says, Heimdall knows the pecking order. <laughs> pecking order. Uh, favorite sci-fi. Bread and circuses. Don't care about the Oscars, sports, or much else. I'm checking out of society in general. Hey, forever sci-fi. I totally get it, man. I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, again, and if you want to see just how well the machine is working against you, look to those things. Places where you used to be able to go to escape. They've even now gotten into sports. They've even gotten into sports. <laughs> like, there was a logical connection that we could make between what's going on and the Oscars and movies and Hollywood, but for sports to be impacted by this, that's when you start to have an impact on regular everyday people. And that's why I honestly thought, hey, this is going to lead to something, right? This is going to lead to change. But the sad fact is, is that we can talk about their ratings plummeting. They're still there. They're, they're, they're still not really changing all that much. So it's like, what, what, what can we really do at this point? It's like, it's times like this where it's like, if, if I had taken a different path in life, if God had called me through a different path in life, I'd be isolated on an island somewhere. I'd be living as like a monk on an island. <laughs> Just like, get me out of this nonsense. Get me away from this world. Because it's just, oh, it's it's just so infuriating. It really is. And that's not healthy for me. <laughs> uh, Silver X13, what's going on? Uh, the Ravens are this Sunday, starting around 7.30 Eastern time. We'll start a little bit before the Oscars, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start our categories before as well. Um, one fun thing, because Tina had, noticed, had mentioned this in the comments tonight, uh, that apparently they're planning to have longer speeches. So winners will have more time to give their speech. And it'll also entirely be shot as a movie. Because uh, Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh, who I think is a very talented director, by the way, I, I like a lot of his movies, he's going to try and shoot it cinematically. Which makes me think, so there's not really going to be a crowd then? Obviously, you know, they're going to want to push the agenda. They're going to want to push the narrative. Um, of fear, right? Because that's the other thing we've had going on, of course, is that it's all been about fear. You know, fear your friends, fear your neighbors, fear those people that disagree with you. It's what they, it's what they get their power from. But, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that there's definitely something to be said there for sure. Uh, James, what's going on? Thank you for the dollar donation via Streamlabs. Says, hey, Odin, do you wish we did not have the social media? Because every day I feel like sites like Twitter and Facebook are awful sites and make people hate each other. Dude, James, you're right. That That's what it seems like their modus operandi is now to make people hate each other. I think that, that is like what they feed off of now. Because as I said, they know exactly what makes us tick. They know exactly what will make us click on links. They know exactly what will make us follow people, uh, respond to people, things like that. I fall into this trap too. And I think that's the reason why I've, I'm more hyper aware of it right now is because I I fell into that trap today. I fell into that very trap today. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I and it really comes down to, right, the goods and the, the good and evil of social media. Because there is a good and there is an evil. You know, the good thing is that it's allowed us to be able to communicate with people from all across the world. It gives us access to friends that we've fallen away from. 
But then when you really break down social media to its most basic elements, like if I think back to when I used to be on Facebook, and I think I miss being on Facebook because I miss being able to talk to my friends. But then I think to myself, if they were really close friends, wouldn't either I or they had reached out to me between the times that we haven't been talking? Like, And so then you start to realize, so am I just desiring this artificial sense of, oh, I've got 300 to 700, whatever it was at the time, people who are my friends on Facebook and I can see their pictures. And again, I understand like sharing pictures is more easy, easily done, things like that. But then when you really break it down, it's just like, but you can do that just with simple texting and, you know, the basic messaging softwares that we have now. So, yeah, I, I'm falling more and more on the side that social media companies are awful. I mean, the companies obviously are awful, but even social media in general. Um, so <laughs> it's like there's moments where I'm like, I just want to nuke all my accounts. Just nuke them all. You know, it's like, why not? Like even on, I, I do, I'm a huge fan. And I will support the all tech media platforms because I think that they are allowing for platforms that are much more geared towards conversation and not trying to shove ads in your face, not trying to shove trends in your face, like letting you have control. But at the same time, it's like, again, I sometimes fall into that trap as well. Man, oh man. Ryan Doles, what's going on? How's it going? Uh, Hypernext13 says, Harambe wants to vote for a Raven to win an award. Will you show him the way, my brother? Well, uh, Harambe's not around with us anymore, and so therefore uh, he would not be able to vote, at least in this election. Uh, Rosie 12 says, <laughs> what's going on? Father Christopher Miller says, some of the Christian movies, especially those made by TBN, are craptastically awful fun. Just not my kind of fun. Uh, Nathan Slay says, Is it bad that I am drawn more to really dark films over Christian films? I just really like dark. Nathan Slay, no. Again, that goes back to my original point. Because Christian films, for the vast majority of them, are not good movies. So it's not that you're drawn to... So I want to make that clear. I don't think that it's you're drawn to dark movies over Christian ones. I think that it's you're drawn to better films that happen to be dark. <laughs> Like, if there was actually a Christian company out there making really good movies, like objectively good movies, there might be more there for you to actually hold on to and, and be drawn to. But they don't really have that. Uh, Thursday Warrior, what's going on? Robert Moobly also in the chat. Uh, Super says, I'm good, thanks. Surprisingly excited for Marvel's Secret Invasion show, but fully expecting to be disappointed. Did you see my Twitter message about it? Yeah, man, I got, I got, I got tagged in it on Twitter, and I just didn't respond because I was like, I, I, no, no, don't get excited. Super, don't get excited. <laughs> and I hate to say it that way. I hate to be a downer here, but what have they done to give you any hope? Casting is not enough anymore. Casting is not enough. Because I can talk about how good the casting is for the most part when it comes to Falcon and Winter Soldier. The casting is not really the issue there. It's the writing. It's the story. So do you honestly think, even if they're bringing in great actors, do you honestly think that their show, because it's a show, not a movie, right? That, they, that they're going to somehow change their tune. That they're going to somehow change what they've been doing for every single show up to this point. Again, Goes back to the concept, what have you done for me lately? And what have they done for us lately? Given us garbage. 
So, no, not excited at all. Don't even want to talk about it or hear about it until it actually comes out and it actually proves us wrong on that point. There's no reason to get excited for it. Rob D says, hey, Odin, have you ever seen Full Metal Jacket? The ending is what John Campio wakes up singing. Who is the leader of the club that made you and me? M-I-C-K-I-M-O-U-S-C. Um, I have seen Full Metal Jacket, uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Um, there's some really great lines, especially at the very beginning of the movie. So many great lines in the beginning of the movie, and it's, it's so, it makes me so happy to know that there were a lot of lines there that were improv uh, by the actor, who I didn't know was actually like in the army, was actually a drill instructor in the army. I was like, that is perfect. All right. Let us see. Nathan Slay says, I also watched a pretty crazy film last night, and it's incredible. Seven. Uh, love it so much. Uh, what's in the box? Seven's fantastic. No, yeah, Seven's a great movie. And what I like about it, especially as a as a Catholic teacher, is that it does talk about the seven deadly sins. And I know it does in a very gruesome way, right? I wouldn't be able to really use that as class material. But it's still like, as someone who understands the seven deadly sins, and understands the impact it has on the human soul, it's just very intriguing to see that play out in the plot of the movie. So, that's yeah, a fantastic movie. Damn, walking 55, what's going on? It says, fashionably late. Hail all, hail to you. HyperX13 says, I also got to see Equilibrium. Have you seen it by chance? I find it to be highly underrated and underappreciated as a sci-fi flick. I agree. I love Equilibrium. Equilibrium's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, too, it, it, to me, from a story perspective, hits all the right notes. Because it reminds me a lot, like, a lot of the reasons why I love Equilibrium is a lot of the reasons why I like the movie Serenity, which is the the movie that they were able to make uh, from the Firefly franchise. And the reason why I like it is because it delves into the what happens when you try to control human emotion. Because Serenity deals with it by saying they they try to put in medicine, like a you know again the government tried to put medicine into a planet that was being terraformed. So this new these new colonies of of people going to this new planet. We're going there, expecting to start a new life and, and to live their lives there. And what they didn't know is that the government was pumping in a, a test chemical because they wanted to test out to see if they could somehow make people less violent. And most people did, but they went to the extreme. And so they ended up just not doing anything. So they just stopped breathing. They stopped walking, working, right? All that stuff. So the vast majority of the population was killed because they just stopped living. Because, again, they were not violent, they were peaceful, but they were so peaceful, they didn't do anything. And then you had the adverse reaction happen to a small percentage of the population who became hyper-violent. And then Equilibrium handles it in a similar way, where everyone in the society, it's a society where they have rooted out all emotion. And that if you show any emotion whatsoever, you are arrested, you are seen as as evil. So basically, it's, they're, they're both very much about uh, totalitarian states. And I don't know, I guess I'm just drawn to movies that deal with the pitfalls and criticize totalitarian states and totalitarian regimes that are all about control. And I think especially nowadays, a lot of us would probably be drawn more to them because it seems to be very indicative of, man, we're, we're really not, I mean, we're still a ways off, but we're really not too far removed from going that way when you think about it, right? When you think about Everything that's been happening the last the last year and a half, you're like, man, this stuff right now happening, I never would have thought possible three years ago. 
And now that it's here, it's like, okay, then what else is there going to be three years from now that I never would have thought possible, right? We've already seen this happen in the culture war, right? There are things that used to not be accepted that then became accepted. And then people said, well, if we accept this, then something else down the road was going to happen. And people said, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. Sure enough, look where we are today, especially look to gender ideology as a great example of that. But man, oh man, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, Rosie212 says, have you watched or read The Exorcist Odin? I don't like stuff involving that either, although I did see the movie. Wouldn't watch it again. Don't like that stuff in my head or my heart. Rosie212, I am exactly the same mind as you. I I also don't like that in my head or my heart. I have seen it, though. I used to do, because I had time, I used to be able to do um, movie nights. So we would do, you know, random movie nights. And I would just watch a movie, have a timer up so people could, could watch along with me. And that was like the first movie that they chose for me to watch. Or it was like the first of the October movies uh, that they decided to me to watch a few years ago. So you can probably still find it uh, on the channel from a while back. If it's not on this channel, it's it's uh, it would it would have been on the second channel, uh, which used to be Welcome to Asgard, which is now the OMB Report. And so I, I've had to find out if it was there or not. But anyway, you might be able to find it still. And... Yeah, um, it's a very well-done movie, but I would not want to watch it again. Yeah, for that very reason. Uh, Elizabeth Lyons, what's going on? Welcome back. Glad to have you as a member. Uh, Rosie 12 says, you're right, Odin, the message is never about what unites us, It's uh, which is so many things. Yeah, when you honestly think about anyone that you have beef with, if you honestly were to sit down and think, what things do I have in common with this person rather than what divides me from this person? You'll probably realize that there's a lot of things there. But social media companies have been able to not only separate us, they've also been able to make us more, I guess you could say, extreme in our positions. Because it does happen naturally, right? When you are more so in a space where you're constantly being fed the same opinion you have back to you, right? Which validates you in your opinion and keeps you there it means that you're probably not as likely to talk to someone else with a different opinion. And they don't help because they, of course, try to demonize either side in that capacity. And they, again, they want you to not like each other because that's what keeps you interacting with those. And we typically see when do people interact the most? When they're fighting. Whether it's over something as simple as what is a better movie or whether it is something of a major like importance to one's life, right? It's just they, they, they feed off of that. Orange Interview says, Odin, I gave YouTube a piece of my mind when they sent me a diversity plan survey. Told them they won't like my answer as I'm everything they hate, straight white male. Yeah. No, I'm not answering it. I'm not answering it because it's a crock. It's a crock based in this this, uh, gender theory, race theory, critical race theory nonsense that I I want to have no part in. Because they're not going to listen to my voice. Even if, I feel, even if I took the time, wasted time to fill it out, they wouldn't listen to me. They don't care about what I have to say. In their mind, in their eyes, I am just another white male, white straight male on YouTube. That's all they see. That's all they see because the whole aspect, the whole concept of critical theory in general, whether it's critical gender, critical race, is about viewing people through the lens of gender and race and many other things too. And it's like, How about instead we look at each other as people and judge each other as people? I don't know. Is that such a revolutionary idea? I don't get it. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. 
Chat has jumped on me like it always does. Let's see where we left off. Um, all right, so luckily no comments have been skipped. Please be sure to smash the like button. We've got 68 people watching. Thank you all so very much for being in the chat and feeling the need to be here tonight. I know there's a lot of other places that you could be right now, so I appreciate you being here. Heading over to the D-Live fam. What's going on, L Dragon 34 What's going on? We got Daniel Thorne in the chat. We got Captain j Rod the Beer Guru, dropping a lemon donation. Dropping an ice cream donation as well. Also a diamond donation. Thank you very much. Dropping all three kinds. I appreciate you. Thank you for being a legend. Uh, Captain J-Rod, before he left, says, R.I.P. R. Lee Ermy. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. It says, Hadi Gari. Thank you very much for the lemon donation. I very much appreciate it. Um, if you are just following me over on DLive, I do have a limit where you have to be a follower for a certain period of time before you can chat just because we tend to have a lot of trolls that come into the chat. And so that's been the best way so far to avoid them. Cam J. Rod says, so what, are, what you are saying is that we should judge people by their character, not their identity. Man, yeah. Controversial words today, right? Yeah, I'm saying that we should judge people based on the content of their character and not the color of their skin, not their gen. So, so again, that's a whole other issue in the first place. But we should judge people based on who they are as a person and what these downright evil people. And I, I'm, I can't, there's no other way of really, I can't mince words with that. They're evil people, or at least they're people with evil ideologies. What they want to do is they want to try and make us only look at each other through the lens of race, through gender, through whatever. And what they realize is that that's what keeps them relevant. Because no one's going to care what some 20-year-old coming out of university with a gender studies degree has to say unless that is what the narrative is. Because that's the only way that they can do anything with the degree is if they're able to somehow find some sense of legitimacy because they're the ones that have to be able to explain why why it's so important to look at everyone else and yourself through these very specific lenses. It's like, no, no, no. Human beings, and I use this analogy all the time, human beings are complex puzzles, incredibly complex puzzles, made up of billions and billions, you know, an infinite amount, you could even say, of pieces. And for people to focus on one's race or one's gender is to take one piece of that massive puzzle and then say, no, 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 this is what divides you. This tiny little piece of the puzzle of your life, of what makes you you, is what matters. And if people don't, and here's, here's where the, it becomes really evil. They say, if anyone doesn't identify that the one piece in the puzzle, tiny piece in the puzzle of your entire life, if they don't agree that that is the most important piece because you say that it is, that means that they're a bigot. That means that they're hateful. So while a lot of us are living in the world as normal people saying, no, I'm viewing people as puzzles. I'm viewing people as a big picture, understanding that there's so many layers to every single person because we are made up of so many different pieces from our personalities to our likes to our dislikes. Most of us view people that way. But we're told that if we do that, we are not accepting 
their truth. And that's where it comes into your truth, my truth. All that is, is doublespeak for I have decided and determined that this one tiny piece is what identifies me. And if you don't accept that, it means you hate me. And it's like, no. What it means is that I'm looking at you as an entire human being, and you can like that piece of yourself all you want. Again, all of us are drawn to different parts of ourselves, but you also can't force me to view you by that one piece because you're not just that one piece. Anyway, hopefully that made a little bit of sense. But seriously, um, and uh, Captain J-Rod, man, that's why... (laughs) Would not be surprised if they have not already started or will soon start to try and cancel Martin Luther King Jr. Because let's be honest, if you actually look to the messages that he has to put forward, it is not in agreement with the modern crazy narrative of critical race theory. Not even close. Uh, Not another dime. Thank you for the $5. That's a super chat. He says, have some cash. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's a trap productions. Thank you for the ten dollar donation via Streamlabs. Says, take my money, my lord. Well, thank you, thank you. It's a trap productions. I very much appreciate that. You are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's go back to the YouTube chat. See where we are. Snorter Poopa says, if they are trying to make me feel nauseous, they are succeeding. Seriously. Uh, Thirsty the Warrior says, The elites don't see us as fully formed humans. We are avatars of our categories. Only they have reached the pinnacle of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization. What it really comes down to, when you really think about it, is that they, you're right, they don't view us as, as fully formed humans. And what they've been able to somehow do is they've been able, here's the thing, they've been able to make us think outwardly to an excessive degree. Think about how we have such huge issues now with depression, anxiety, especially in the midst of lockdowns. But why? I think there's a lot more going on here. I think social media has played a major role in why You have seen, even with the lockdowns, why you've seen such a huge increase in this. Because it makes us think outwardly. What do other people think about me? What do other people think in general? Right? Let me be critical of what other people think. Maybe I should take in what other people think about me. Right? And what we've fallen away from, this is one of the pitfalls of social media, is that we've fallen away from well, how do I address my issues? Not my concerns, right? So, you know, sometimes we fall into that trap of, you know, oh, I'm going to put all my feelings out on social media and I'm not trying to attack anyone who's done that. But again, that's an external thing. It's about, oh, I'm going to put myself on social media so that I get responses because that's what gives me value. That's what makes me feel good. So what they've done is they've taken away self-reflection. They've taken away as you just said, self-actualization. And to be honest, and I, I know this is probably a broken record for some people, but to be honest, it's because all of us have this giant hole in our chest. All of us have this giant hole, this giant void within us. And we try to fill it with things that we think will, will fill it. We, we try and fill it with things that we think will actually be able to fully contain it, to fully, uh, you know, 
give us joy. But what we fail to realize is because social media, public figures, all of these people, from the very beginning of this country, let's be honest here, have been making us think about this external things, what we've forgotten is that the only thing that can fill this void within us is God. And as I said, some people may not want to hear that, but when you really break things down, and if you really think about things that you think make you happy, and if you step back and say, do these things really honestly make me happy, or am I just getting a dopamine hit? Something to think about. Because I think that this movement of ourselves being forced to look at external things and to look outward, what other people think about us, right? How do I approach myself to other people's standards? It's taking away the sense of individuality, but by taking away that sense of individuality, it also has taken away from us true, you could say, theology, philosophy, right? Trying to learn who we are. Not what other people say we are, but who we actually are. And for me, I see that as only being possible through our relationship with God. For you, you may not view it that way, but still, from a philosophical or theological lens, you would be able to find ways to do that. Social media has distracted us from this, and honestly, I think has been pushing us away from these concepts. Not another dime. Thank you for another $10 super chat, man. He says, have some more cash. Well, <laughs> thank you, man. I do appreciate uh, your, your generosity. It really does mean a lot. Keeps us afloat. Uh, Elizabeth Lyons says the Hellboy remake was awful. It's definitely one way to say it. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Rusty Shackelford, welcome to the chat. Glad to have you here. Someone mentioned Mortal Kombat. Yes, indeed. Mortal Kombat coming out this weekend. Uh, Odin's Bald, General Wingster. You troll you. It's like, where have you been? If you have, I know that it was meant to be a joke. Anyway, uh, Bruce in the chat. Hail to you, Bruce. Hardwick, what's going on, man? It says, the movie Sound of Freedom stars Jim Caviezel as real-life hero Tim Ballard, who has saved thousands of children from human traffickers. Caviezel thinks it will come out this year's fourth quarter. Yeah, I like Jim Caviezel's work. Um, and, and typically, the movies that he's in tend to be pretty good. He was in a movie called Paul, Apostle of Christ, which was pretty good. But even that one had pitfalls, because even that one suffered from uh, lack of, of budgeting. Uh, some of the production values and production design was, was not as good as it could have been. Uh, but normally his projects turn out pretty pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by that, for sure. Um, let's see. Who else is here? Humble Homebody, welcome. Welcome back. Let's see. Thursday Warrior says, got an over-under number for GF mentions at the Oscars. Yeah, I'm not going to say the name personally because there's just, again, so many things that I could say that I'm going to hold off on for at least the, the time being. Maybe at the end I'll give my thoughts. Hardwick says, Amelia uh, Clark has been cast in Marvel's Secret Invasion. It's a shame she keeps getting miscast. Interviews, she's hilarious and adorable. If only they would let her use her, her inner personality or movies, she'd be perfect for 1930s-style screwball comedies. Dude, imagine her, like, I don't want them to remake this movie, but I'm saying, like, you mentioned screwball. So, like, the, the immediate movie I thought of was His Girl Friday. I think her personality would totally match a role like that. So don't, don't remake that movie specifically. But if you have a, a movie character similar to that, maybe even a period piece, 
um, maybe in a different company or a different organization. Yeah, I think that could work completely. But yeah, going back to what was mentioned before, I don't care who's cast in Secret Invasion. It's, it's just, I, again, at this point, I'm basing this off of the history of the shows they've released thus far. It's not going to be good. I would love to be wrong. I would love to be shown wrong on that, but they'll have to prove that first. ZK Man says, I have many social media, but here lately I haven't been on them much the past couple weeks. Dude, K Man, I-, I feel you, dude. Um, there was a definite calm in my life, or much more calm in my life, when I did not have Twitter. And and I've 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 tried to think of the mi- mindset of limiting time on Twitter, only using it for DMs for Friday Night Tight specifically. But again, I fall into the same trap. I really do. And it just shows that power that they have. And it's something I need to fight. Nick Titan Aries, what's going on? Hamilton Berger says, why do you hate the greatest actor of all time, Kirk Cameron? <laughs> I don't hate him. I just I just don't think that the, the movie content is is up to is up to par. Father says, going back to Christian films, I would prefer to see the John Wick movies in the theater than going to see anything by Kirk Cameron. I never got into John Wick until the third came out. By the way, I loved Nobody. Uh, no, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Right again, nothing against Kirk Cameron what he's doing. I will say the one, the one movie by Kirk Cameron that I found incredibly powerful was Fireproof. And the reason why is because it told a story that needed to be told about a couple going through a difficult time but staying together. We don't get that story very often. right? The stories that we get are about the culture, which is obsessed with divorce, remarriage, divorce, remarriage, which is an affront to the entire sacrament of marriage as established by God. But Fireproof fought against that to show that no, that that you can work even when things are really bad, even when you've fallen out of love. You can work on it, but it means you have to work on it. It means you have to work. So actually, I appreciate Fireproof for that reason. It told a story that most people in Hollywood would never dream to tell. It also, I think, touches on the biggest evil right now in our world. You know, we can talk about social media. We can talk about politicians. We can talk about all that stuff. The biggest villain, obviously, for me, it would, of course, be uh, Satan. But I would say the biggest tool that Satan has at his disposal right now that has caused the most disruption of family life, that has caused some of the biggest issues going on in our world, is the porn industry. And fireproof, fireproof touches specifically on the effects that the porn industry has on relationships, has on marriages, has on families. And people don't talk about it enough. They don't. And, uh, you know, much love to a lot of the other uh, you know friends I have on this platform and much love to the people I'm associated with. But whenever things like that get brought up, Right, joking about you know whatever or you know porn stars that kind of stuff. It breaks my heart. It really, honestly, breaks my heart because it's just like all I can see is you have been so you know convinced by the allurement of this that you you don't even know, you don't even realize what it's done, 
how it changes your entire perception of a human being into seeing them as no more than an object. And this this was not supposed to be a philosophical or theological uh, show tonight. But as I said, I've been falling into this uh, mindset more recently. But I think it's so important. So anyway, I, I think Fireproof is the best Kirk Cameron movie that he ever did. Not necessarily because of any other things in the movie being good, but that story, as I said, needed to be tell needed to be told. And yes, you mentioned Nobody. Nobody is a fantastic movie. Uh, Hardwick says, not only are most Pure Flix movies lame, but Pure Flix has sold out to Sony. I don't think that will end well. Oh, I didn't know that Sony had bought them up. Ryan Dole says, when do you think the Oscars died? I mean, I think different people will have different years for when that happened, because there are some people where you could go back, you know, decades, right? You could go back decades to a, to a, you know, a moment. I don't think that's the, uh, I don't know if I could say that there is a singular moment. I know that for me, I started to become more aware of it when it must have been a speech that was being given. It must have been a speech that was being given by, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting his name. He was in this movie. And just to avoid people, um, you know, saying it in the chat. I'd rather just look it up and and uh, have it this way. Yeah, Sean Penn. And so it it was back in 2008. Now, I'm not saying that that's when it started, but for me, it's when I started to really notice it. And Sean Penn won an Oscar um, for Best Actor in the movie Milk which dealt with a gay rights civil activist. And the speech that he gave at the Oscars was just the, the, the like for me, it was like, that was the moment where I'm like, okay, this, this is what it's all about for them. Like this, this pushing of political agendas is, is what it's about for them. And again, there are moments we can look to prior to that event, but I think that that was a big one for me when I started to realize, oh, okay. And then, like, every year it became, it wasn't just Sean Penn. Then it was, like, a couple other people. And then it just, over the next 10 years especially, it got more and more and more. And then, of course, you know, like we always, I think, use as a timeline for a lot of things, 2016 had a major impact, I think, on the entire discussion. So, yeah, for me, I'd say for when I started to realize the Oscars were going, you know, had some issues was 2008. As far as that that realm of politics, and then 2016, which when you think about the major events politically in the United States during both of those years, you start to realize, oh, that actually kind of makes sense. Uh, Michael Colyar, thank you very much for the $10 super chat, man. I appreciate it. He says, you sound like this week's homily. My favorite priest discussed cheap grace and wokeness in our society, discussed our needs to work on ourselves for redemption. Well, amen to, to that priest. Sounds like a good priest there. Um, for sure. And uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I was listening to something earlier that made these really interesting uh, connections saying you can look to almost any major institution in our current culture. Uh, so whether it's critical race theory or, you know, the state of politics, etc. But it's interesting how so many of them have essentially stolen the concept of original sin from Christianity and have thwarted it and have 
turned it on his head. But really, there's this concept of original sin that exists in all these things, right? So the original sin of critical race theory is that if you are white, it means that you have this past connection to every single thing that's ever happened, every single negative thing specifically, and therefore you need to make up for it, which means essentially whiteness itself is the original sin of a white person. And when you think of it that way, if you know anything about original sin, you're like, wait a minute. That's totally what they're doing with this. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, our, our society and our culture is being so so impacted by this. What they're doing, and that's why to me, I think, and obviously as a, a believing, uh, very passionate Catholic, I cannot help but see the work of the diabolic in this. Uh, because of the fact that you don't see things that are typically meant to be uh, sacred or theological being twisted 180 on their heads, being used against us. Best example of this is the issue of abortion. The fact that I even just said that word, by the way, means that this stream could still potentially be demonetized because that's just what they do. But when you think about it, what is the language that is used during that entire debate? My body, my choice. Let's look at that first expression, my body. This is my body, which is broken and given up for you. And when you look at those connections between faith and the modern day culture, it's it's like, I, I, I just can't help but think what they've just done is they've taken the sacred and they've turned it into the profane. They've taken the sacred and they've turned it into a... Um, a uh, hyper self-focused individuality to the point of thinking of themselves more important than another human being. It's crazy. Uh, James Dashie, thank you very much for the super chat. Thoughts on Schindler's List? Uh, it's a solid movie. Hard movie to watch, but still very solid. It, it tells a, a very powerful story, um, obviously, of, of a man who was not initially uh, looking to help anyone, found himself in the position where he did and he saved a lot of people's lives in the process. And it was really like the way they write the story to show his, his journey, right? From going from someone looking at it purely from an economical standpoint, falling then into understanding the important moral factors there as well. Forever Sci-Fi says, I'm excited for warmer days so I can spend my time outside ignoring Hollywood. We had snow flurries today. Yeah. It's going to get down pretty cold tomorrow for us. Um, which is kind of weird, but I like the cold, so I don't mind holding on, holding on to my little uh, little cold weather that I have left. Snorpuba says, I like the first part of Film Metal Jacket, not so much the second, and R. Lee Ermey was a Marine. That's right, he was a Marine. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I love the first half. The first half tells some great, has great storytelling elements in it, and then you get to that second part, and it's like, uh, I agree with that, actually. There's a few movies that do that. It's interesting. Thursday Warrior says, I didn't know they piled crap that high. I know, right? Nathan Slay, favorite David Fincher film. Um, trying to think David Fincher movies. Probably of all time, I, I would probably go with seven. Based on uh, just how much love I have for it. Um, but man, he's directed a lot more than I think people realize. So let's see, he did, um, let me try to find the, the movies that he's done. 
see he did alien thinking ones that i really enjoyed i have not seen zodiac yet i've heard great things about it though i, I own it i just never seen it curious gates of benjamin button was fine I, th- I think that actually might be one of the weaker movies of his social network was pretty good uh for what it was uh girl with the dragon tattoo was fine um uh gone girl was was very good and then, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot he made Mank this year, which I was a big fan of. So of all time, Seven, of all time, I think his best movie was Seven. But he's made he's made a lot of pretty solid films overall. Forever Sci-Fi says, seems like the Seven Deadly Sins have become things that political parties offer as platforms. Forever Sci-Fi, you're right on the ball, man. Absolutely. Think about how Pride is very much promoted in a lot of different ways. Right? Think about envy, being jealous of others. Envy, I think, might be at the core of what we're seeing right now in a lot of these movements, these on the ground movements that are causing a lot of damage to property. Envy. Right? Oh, I'm not treated, right? I've perceived, based on what the corporate overlords have told me, that I'm not treated the same way as others. Therefore, I am going to destroy others' property, even if those people had nothing to do with any of it, because I feel like I've been wronged. That's envy. That's envy. (laughs) Like, so absolutely, I think that's a great point uh, for every sci-fi. The seven deadly sins have absolutely pervaded our culture. No doubt about it. No doubt about it whatsoever. Uh, Dion, what's going on? He mentioned the Reavers, going back to the comment about uh, Serenity. Yeah, absolutely. Harbick says, the company Lore.tv is trying to make a Christian streaming service that makes high-quality content. Spog specifically mentions they want to avoid Pure Flick-style lameness. Again, a company can claim that, but as I said, once they actually prove it uh, to me, and also, you know, just to be honest, just to, to get my own, I guess you could call it biases, out of the way, I, I don't like just generic Christian companies. If, if I was going to support a, a, like a startup company, I would want it to be focused on traditional Catholic values. Which is, again, that's just because I'm a traditionally Catholic-minded person. And so that that's the kind of company that I would be willing to support trying to grow from the ground up. Again, nothing against those companies that are typical generic Christian companies. And I, I wish them every luck. And if you want to support those companies, hey, go right ahead and do so. Um, but yeah, uh, now that a dime says asteroid, <laughs> yeah, well, there's stuff there's, uh, there's some people out there that have said there's a lot of signs of the end times. And, you know, I go, go back constantly to the words of Christ, right? You will not know the hour. And, and so that's how I try and live my life. And I, I don't always live that to, to the best of my ability. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I know that a lot of us probably feel that way. Astro would be, be really nice right now. Uh, Rosie G, Rosie G12 says the left is always pushing the envelope. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's not even it, it's not even just this left, right? The left right dichotomy that we're we're always told about. It's about are you for an individual person's right to be who they are? Or are you for people's opinions to be shoved down your throats? Now, you could try and say that's left and right, but I think that there's, there's good and bad on both sides. I really do think so. Because I think a lot of people get caught in the crossfire, have good intentions, but 
they fail to realize just how far they're pushing things. Uh, Greta Zenner, what's going on, Greta? Says hello, Odin and everyone. Odin, hope you and the fam are doing well. Thank you, Greta. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope you are doing well also. Um, was thinking about you just the other day um, because of a, of a conversation we had when uh, years ago. Um, and you may remember the conversation. I'm not going to mention anything specific because I don't want to give too much information away about you. Um, but I, uh, I had said something I was an asshat about, and you were rightly offended um, by my take on it. It has to do with faith, if that helps. And I was thinking about that the other day, and um, wish I had the knowledge and I say maturity, but I mean <laughs> more, more maturity than I do now. Uh, before having had that conversation in the past. And if I have not apologized for that um, since then, then I do apologize publicly. Because I was wrong on that one. Uh, Interstrap Production says, Mike Pondsmith wrote that identity politics would be one of the things that led to the destruction of the United States and lead to the cyberpunk future. Also, greetings, my lord. Greetings to you as well. Yeah, man. Uh, identity politics, here's the thing, <laughs> I don't think it's going to lead to cyberpunk, because that makes it sound like it's going to be cool, kind of. That makes it sound like it's going to be, uh, you know, fun for some people. But for me, I think, no, identity politics is all, all that it's going to do is lead us to be further divided from each other. And because we're divided from each other, and also going back to what we said earlier about social media having us externally. So again, we're being attacked on all fronts when you think about it, right? So we're being divided from each other. We're being put into our separate camps. But now also at the same time, these same companies are not just putting us into our own spheres, but also making us think externally. So not only are we divided from each other, we're also so heavily reliant on our same thought group that it means that they're essentially what they're doing is they're trying to destroy conversation. They're trying to destroy actual debate. You know, I mention this to my kids all the time, and I thank God that they're coming up in an age where, for the most part, they they have much more even-headed, uh, you know, even <laughs> they have much more even heads when it comes to this topic specifically. They're still teenagers, and so there's other issues in other areas. But for the most part, like whenever I say to any of them. Any of y'all watch the news? First off, vast majority of them say no. And I'm like, good, don't. <laughs> don't, unless it's local, like some kind of local news broadcast, don't watch it. But then the ones that do, I say, what is it typically like? And they're like, it's a bunch of people yelling at each other. And so even they are recognizing that that is the current state of discourse. It's people yelling at each other. And I'm like, do you think that they are honestly having any good discussions? So we're able to talk about some pretty controversial subject matter for the world and especially even for for a Catholic school. But we're able to talk about it in a way where no one's yelling. No one's raising their voice. There's, There's this mutual aspect of respect. And obviously some can do it better than others. But... It's still amazing to me, and I mentioned this, I think, previously. It's amazing to me that a 15- and a 16-year-old can have a more civil conversation and discourse about a severe topic and about a hot-button issue in our culture and world than the adults can. 
But when you look and see where these adults have been influenced and where these adults are, like members of the media, members of political classes, it all starts to make sense. Because they've been put into the system where they are divided and then they are forced to and choose to, they fall in line with it, think externally. And as I said, what is then getting lost there? Thinking about the internal, but not about the self necessarily, right? Not about a self-focusing as far as being self-centered, because that's the danger, right? That's the vice. We don't want to be self-centered. We don't want to fall into that pride. But to instead think about self in relation to who am I who am I really? Who am I really? Am I what these other people are telling me that I am? Am I just nothing? What do I have of myself? And I think that, again, going back to it, some people may want to hear it, some people may not want to hear it, is when it comes back to the only thing that can give our life true meaning and purpose is God. And at the very least, if God is not within your purview, at the very least, a philosophical understanding of the metaphysical realm. And obviously, there's a whole thing. We, we turn this into almost a, a religion and then the <laughs> philosophy stream, which I, I love. I love these conversations. I do. Um, you know, at the very least, we'll we'll talk at the end about because you've already seen if you if you've wanted and had any interest if y'all have any have had any interest in the Raven Awards and the Oscars boycott you already know what it is but if you have any questions of course let me know in the chat as well and uh Greta, I got your text and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll message back after the stream and and let you know for for which one um uh anyway let's see uh, Nathan Slay says, if a movie wasn't nominated for the Oscars, it doesn't mean a thing. Great movies have always gotten snubbed. Uh, Seven, Memento, Dark Knight, uh, etc. Yeah, no, no, no. Again, that, that's that's true, right? And I think that, you know, we can find that. We can go back decades. Talk to Tina. Tina will let you know. Uh, she said right away, the first one she went to was Raiders of the Lost Ark, getting snubbed. So I, I think that we can go back to the beginning of everything and say this movie, this movie, this movie. Um, you know, Citizen Kane, a lot of people would argue. Um, so that's been around for a very long time. But now we've seen now it's taken a very different turn as well. Uh, Damon Walking says, most Christian films make me cringe. Coming from a Protestant background in the South, may many I know love to use them in evangelism. And I want to scream because they are such bad movies as a whole. Yeah, and, and also, too, what I've noticed, because when I show movies to my class... Um, you know, some of them don't like them because they're older. Like, so for instance, in the fall, I, I showed the movie, uh, on the waterfront and I think on the waterfront has a lot of great Christian imagery, not just because you have, uh, the priest character in there, but there's just a lot of these, these aspects of, of truth, of honesty, of becoming who you are, being influenced by others. Um, in a lot of ways of even just uh, forgiveness too. And one of the things that I get though uh, from showing that movie, movies like The Passion of the Christ, is they say, you know, Mr. Odin, and obviously I have to say that just for protection of my own self, I usually, we usually don't get to watch good movies in religion. We typically have not had that experience before. And the reason why is because they tend to go, even in a Catholic school, 
the 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 fallback and the danger is that we fall to so-called Christian movies instead of movies that have Christian messages and there's a big difference and um yeah and I think using it in evangelism if especially if you're reaching to a younger audience if it's a bad movie they're going to recognize that they're going to recognize and say this is not a good movie and then they're going to associate the movie being bad with faith and you never want to do that. Uh, Hypernext 13. I agree, my brother. Controlling human emotions is a concept I've always found fascinating that can be terrible. Yes, more wars and crimes may be prevented, but nothing is different socially. Exactly. Exactly. But also, you can't control human, emotion, human emotions. They are built into the very foundation of what we are and who we are as people. Emotions are a good thing. The problem is, is that we are being forced in certain ways or at the very least being influenced in certain ways to express those express those emotions in an unhealthy manner see hardwick says i was disappointed that the seven deadly sins in shazam weren't given more personality they were just generic smoke smoke monsters they would they should have greed as a kleptomaniac lust chase women around etc yeah like when people had told me um, that that was like the basis for them, I guess the seven deadly sins, or I can't remember. I've only seen the movie once. Um, I, I don't remember if they mentioned specifically that that's what they were in the movie, but I was like, I got no concept of that being what they were at all. So there was so much more that they could have done and they ended up just not, they ended up just not. All right. Chad has jumped on me like it always does. So again, thank you very much for being here. Uh, Miss Martin Muse is what's going on. Glad to see you here at 742 in the chat. Let's jump over and see if what's going on on the DLive fam. Uh, they're having some conversations over there. So thank you all again for being here. Uh, let me jump now over to YouTube. Uh, Orange Hat Reviews says, if Sean Connery doesn't win the Lifetime Achievement Award, I will riot. <laughs> Hashtag Scottish Lives Matter. Uh, that's a good segue. We'll talk a little bit then about... Uh, the Wednesday Raven Awards. So again, Friday is going to be the cutoff for this. Um, but these are, again, some of the movies and people nominated. So I'll just go through a couple of them. So best movie of 2020. The nominees are Mank, Sonic the Hedgehog, Tenet, and The Gentleman. Uh, t- to me on this list, I-, I think The Gentleman, I, I love Mank. Don't get me wrong. The Gentleman, the more I've thought about the movie, the more I want to rewatch it. Might be, honestly, one of the best films of the year in the last few years, maybe. Mank is very strong. Tenet's strong. And I understand why Sonic got on the list. I understand that you know Sonic was one of the only films that a lot of people saw. Um, but I don't know. I wish more love could be given to, to films like Mank and Gentleman and Tenet that I think, honestly, will stand the test of time more so than Sonic will. Uh, one of my favorites, the Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence in Craft World Building. Uh, Artemis Fowl, which was a Disney Plus movie exclusive, was terrible. Birds of Prey, again, awful. Wonder Woman 84, a lot more people understand that film to be awful as well since it was on HBO Max. And then uh, going to the third one, uh, this is the one that Orange Hat was referring to. So Lifetime Achievement Award, Most Overlooked Person. And right now it's between Kurt Russell and Sean Connery. So again, just keep in mind that the Lifetime Achievement Award is not to say that they're the best or anything. It's more so who has been overlooked the most. And um, all I'll say uh, is that typically when it comes to these different categories, people that are... 
people tend to choose people or movies that they're more aware of than others. And that's what you've, that's what I've seen consistently throughout uh, most of these different categories. There's very few that are overwhelmingly in one direction or the other. There's a couple, there's a couple, but for the most part, there's, there's a lot of even distribution of, of love among the different uh, categories and stuff. But anyway, if you want to see this list for yourself of the nominations, it is on my website. So I, I posted it earlier in the chat and I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, post it again as well. So again, feel free to check out the nominees. There is a link there as well where you can actually vote. So again, voting ends this Friday. So please make sure you get those votes in while you can. Uh, and then that way we can have a, a legit uh, winner because uh, I want people to, as many people as possible to get their words in and to get their voices in. Alrighty, let's us see what is going on. Uh, Father Christopher Miller says, also, Radio Land Murders 94 was directed by George Lucas. It's always weird for me to hear anything directed by George Lucas that was not like Star Wars <laughs> or involvement in a, a project with Spielberg, right? Like, I just feel like <laughs> that's just interesting. So, Radio Land Murders, Father, tell me more, sell me on that. Uh, let's see. The Twicky Kid says, thank you for the $5. That's a super chat. Says, the Left Behind and Omega Code movies made me more Catholic. Great stream, Odin. Well, thank you very much for that. Did the Left Behind series really? Because those are very much bra- uh, very much based in, in Protestant ideology. About Because the Left Behind, I'm pretty sure, is based under the concept of there being a, um, oh, what's it called? I, I forget. I'm sure that a thousand of y'all are going to uh, mention it in the chat. But yeah, the uh, when people are just taken away and others are left behind, um, literally left behind. I haven't heard of the Omega Code movies. Anyway, back to the regular chat. Rosie G12 says, you need to work at marriage, but it's so, so worth it. Agreed. And we live in a world where we're told, hey, if it doesn't work out, you could always get a divorce. And that's why the divorce rate is 50% and climbing. That's why we have so many single homes. That's why we have so many broken homes. That's why I think that is where we've seen, statistics show this, by the way, that more problems socially come from broken homes than anywhere else. If you want to give a child the best chance of life to succeed at life, two-parent household, no divorce. If, If you compare the numbers, this is, again, not the rule, but if you look to households where it's a two-parent household, um, you know. Also, you could look to other stats that talk about you know the difference in traditional roles as well, right? A father figure, a mother figure, that kind of thing. What you see almost universally in those cases is you see that the chance of that person, the chance of that child having a, a successful life, is a lot higher. It's not guaranteed, not by a long shot. That's why we always need to take stats in their context. But absolutely, marriage is worth it. And here's what it comes down to as well. It's not that just marriage is worth it. It's that if you are going to enter into a marriage, you better know why. And if the reason why is because, oh, he's so handsome. Oh, she's so pretty. Oh, we get along very well because we have um, we have these desires for each other. Guess what? Those those fade. <laughs> those go away. Emotions, feelings, uh, you know, desires. Those those fade. Those don't last forever. 
So if you're going to base a marriage on that, good luck. Guess what? The other stat that they show, if you want to have a successful marriage, less likely and least likely to to end in, in, in divorce and other things, guess what? Guess what? Waiting until marriage. Huge impact. Again, the stats show if two people wait until marriage to consummate their relationship, much more likely to have success. <sighs> but me saying that right now, oh, that's just hateful. That's just outdated thinking. Oh, the stats seem to show different. Father says the biggest tool that he has right now is Father James Martin. Yeah, I said it. Oh, who are you talking about? I don't even know you're talking about at this point. All right, let's see. Da-da-da-da-da-dum. All right. Russ Shackelford says, Is Michael Keane playing Batman again or what? Seems like every other day he is in or not. I think Geese and Gamers had an article confirming that he's in. I have not read that article myself, but hey, I will show love and uh, respect and trust to my Geeks and Gamers crew. Damon Walking says, Strong and powerful words about God's creation of the institution of marriage to take heed to. Absolutely. We're about to just get into, uh, in my class, we're about to read through uh, Matthew 18 and 19. And in there, it says very clearly the words of Christ, speaking specifically about divorce. And it's a very touchy subject. I know. Again, 50% of marriages end in divorce. It's very the very touchy subject. We have a lot of kids who are in mixed households, in broken households, going between parents every week, every day. And Lord knows it's difficult. Again, my best friend growing up, broken home. I saw the impact it had on him. And it's it's a heartbreaking because it's not the kid's fault. Uh, Rosie12 says, Odin Meryl Streep always says horrible things to at the Oscars. Haven't watched it in many years. Yeah, she's definitely been one of the worst of, of the offenders. Uh, Griffin Turbo, welcome. Glad to have you here. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, that's why if someone asks me if I believe in global warming, I say, no, I'm Catholic. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that of course, that brings up an entirely uh, interesting and, and unique discussion. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> Which is beyond the scope of what we're talking about here. Uh, Sonora Pupa says, and yet the My Body and My Choice crowd are the first ones to attack you if you don't want the vaccine. That is a great point. Or if you don't want to wear a mask either, right? Isn't it amazing that the choice to be selfish is only allowed in the cases of a small human being who has literally no voice in the matter? That's okay. That choice can be made. But not wearing a ma- not wearing a face mask? No. It's not my body, my choice. It's for the public health. It's for a higher purpose, you would say. Okay, so you're saying that the life that's clearly there biologically can be proven to exist is not for a higher purpose? Not even just for a higher purpose, but for the safety of an individual person's life? If the whole concept of wearing a mask in general or of the vaccines is to save lives... Wouldn't you be then saying that you would be opposed to ending a life of a child? Yeah, it's, it's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. But again, as I said, I think honestly it shows the it shows the level of diabolic taking the things that are sh- that are sacred and twisting them on their heads. 
We see it happen a lot. Rosie, Rosie 12 says, seven was so graphic though, hard for to watch the parts for, at least for me. No, I get that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Tiger Stripes, what's going on? Uh, Thursday Warriors says, one thing you can say about Christian film companies, they keep Kevin Sorbo employed and sometimes Dean Kane. I do like those two people. Hardwick says, I really, I recently watched Heart, Love, and Monsters. It's sort of like if A Quiet Place was fun instead of boring. <laughs> well, I, I do like A Quiet Place, but I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, dude, if you've never, if anyone's never seen Love and Monsters, it's it really is one of the more underrated films of this year. I'm, I'm very glad that it got some love and some attention uh, for the Raven Awards this year. All right, we are getting close to the end, so I might need to start skipping comments soon. Uh, oof, pudding. DJ says, hey, Odin, God bless Oregon, allowing police to do their jobs again. A little win, but makes me happy. Yeah, but again, to what extent and to what damage has already been done? Um, after things that have been going on in our country the last several weeks, I, I honestly, I don't, I, I don't know what motivation there is at this point to even be a cop. And I, I hate saying that because these are public servants. These are people that chose these this line of duty that go through training who are, are treated terribly, you know, for the vast majority of whom are good people. And yet their entirety of them are being vilified and demonized. Rosie 12 says there's no such thing as civil debate anymore. It does exist, Rosie, not in the public sphere in the way that we know it, though. It's actually interesting. You only find it really in places like my classroom, but you also find it in places that you wouldn't think to see it. For instance, there are some really great videos. If you want to see some more modern, like last 10, 15 years or so debates, um, there's some really great debates between like the members of the Four Horsemen, like the Richard Dawkins types, and they go up against, I'm forgetting his name, um, John Lennox. Look up John Lennox versus whoever. And those are great examples of civil debates, I, I would say. Kara Tharp says, I have not watched in the news. I have not watched the news in ages, and I don't blame you at all. Um, I just got back into it today because of obviously relevant stuff. Anyone's been following it and knew what was going on today. And like, it got me back in. Like, seriously, it just shows their power. And these are people that I, I tend to agree with on an ideological level. But I was like, oh my goodness, this is bringing me back in. And I got to a point where I was like, nope, I got to turn it off. Because it, it just was bringing me back to that place. And I, I, I've been trying to avoid it. Uh, Orange Chat Reviews, crazy thing. I have told Lethal... And his group about this Odin. My mind has created a multiverse of different versions of ourselves. Many different, different, many different differences. It's one of them. You are the Pope. <laughs> In one of them, you are the Pope. That's interesting. That is a very interesting thing for sure. <laughs> that reminds me. Me and Lethal and a couple other people, we used to do an international uh, podcast. It was the League of Nations. We were only able to do a few episodes. I kind of want to bring it back. Uh, let's see the wake down. Thank you very much for the $5 super chat. I appreciate it. it says if I were a religious man, I'd wager there are, these are the end times society is so inverted. Now people are literally putting Christmas trees on their ceilings. <laughs> I see what you mean by that. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I fall away from the end times talk just because uh, is there an argument that someone could probably make maybe based on certain interpretations of revelation, for instance, 
But as I said, even if someone could convince me from a reading of Revelations perspective, I would still always say it doesn't matter how much you've convinced me because the words of Christ are more important, which is you will not know the hour. And we won't. That's why we have to live every single day as if it is our last. You know, it's kind of the antithesis of YOLO, right? The concept of YOLO, you only live once, is therefore do everything crazy, do anything you want. But for me, it's like, no, 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 that's a bastardization of YOLO. What it should mean is, no, no, we do only live once. Make it mean something. Make it worth something. And how do we define worth? That's when I would go to the to the supernatural. Elizabeth Lyons, thank you for the $3 super chat. I assume that's a super sticker, so I'll probably get to that later on once it comes back up. Another dime says, Ben-Hur 1959 is a great movie. Uh, I would agree. I finally got to watch that last couple years. I could have been a contender, Thirsteenth Warrior, yes. Sword of Poopus, I was annoyed when the Oscars passed over the Blue Max for Born Free for Best Score in 1967. It was downhill from there. Interesting, okay, so 67 is what you, what it has for you. Um, big thumbs up from Elizabeth Lyons. Thank you very much for that super sticker. I appreciate it. All right, and we are getting close to the end, so I think I will switch over to um, members' comments for now. So Thirsty Warrior says, one thing you can say about Christian film companies, they keep... Okay, sorry, sorry. We already read that one. We're not as far behind as I thought. There's the one about me being the Pope in Orange Hat's mind. There we go. Here we are. Hybrid XR13 says, uh, Oh, I respect your opinion on Hellboy, but I started to appreciate the Toro with how he handles characters like Pacific Rim. Um, heck, I think he should have been in charge of the MonsterVerse. It could have been interesting for him to be in charge of the of Godzilla and Kong and all those those movies. Yeah, that would be intriguing to say the least. Uh, especially when he when when he's able to use and focus on using practical effects, that dude can work some magic, man. I tell you, work in that magic. Um, let's see. Uh, Mossberg says, hey, thanks for taking a look at the movie. For me, sorry if I shot the stream off a tangent right off the bat. Keep up the good work. Love all your culture takes. Well, thank you, man. No, you did not at all do it. Um, trust me, there are comments that do. That was not one of them. Because uh, movie talk is always a, a part of this. Always a part of this. DemiWalk5 says, pre-trib rapture. Rapture was, uh, yes, that was the word. Rapture is what I was looking for. Thank you. Father says, I'll tweet you the trailer for Radio Land Murder starring Mary Stewart Masterton, Christopher Lloyd, Ned Betty, Bobcat Goldwaite, and also George Burns' last movie. I love Bobcat Goldwaite. That was a terrible Bobcat Goldwaite. But you know the way he talks. I don't know. I think they look kind of dashing. That's uh, the only line I can remember from Hercules. He's in that. Uh, yeah. Um, DM it to me, Father would be best. Father says, Omega Code is one of those craptastically awful fun movies produced by TVN. It has Michael York and Casper Van Dien from Starship Troopers. That's interesting. 
Uh, for sci-fi, isn't it something like 80% of prisoners were raised by single mothers? Dude, no. When you when you break down crime and, and you break down, uh, yeah, the, the system that we have right now in our country with uh, prisons arrest, vast majority of crimes absolutely are typically committed by people from broken homes. And that, again, is not a rule. Right? It's not the rule to say that because there's exceptions to that. But we can't deny it. Like some people try and say, but there's exceptions. Okay, we can talk about those exceptions, but you can't deny the fact that there's a very clear connection here between the two. And it makes sense even from a, a sociological perspective. 70B says, me and my brothers turned out just fine and our parents are divorced is the best thing for our family. And again, boom, 70B. Example right there, right? Example right there of it of it having worked out. But in the most in most cases, I think that we could all agree that's not usually the case. Uh, Harvey says the divorce rate being fifty percent is a myth based on calculating the numbers incorrectly. The divorce rate hit a high of around forty percent nearly forty years ago, and it's been steadily falling ever since. I don't agree with that statement at all. Not at all. Um, it, it, you could be. It could be that they're now labeling things differently, but no, those those numbers are still very much there. Uh, Elizabeth Lyons says, there's never a valid reason for a child to die before birth or after birth. Agreed? Agreed, agreed, agreed. For a human. Without their, yeah, absolutely. Helena Berger, how about them movies, right? <laughs> Thursday Warrior says, John Lennox is a treasure. Dude, he's awesome. Father says Richard Dawkins had his humanist award taken away for comments he made defending science against the tea community. Yeah, seriously. Um, Dawkins thumbs down from Rose AG12. Um, Hardwick says, have you read Josephus? He wrote about interesting things like Nimrod essentially describing his as a tyrannical globalist who wanted everyone on earth to live in a tower and worship and obey him. No, I have not read Josephus. Um, that's... Uh, is Josephus, he, isn't he the the Hebrew scholar historian? Or am I thinking of someone else? All right, we are getting close to the end. So let's see any last any last second comments here. Rosie G12 says, I loved Born Free. Elizabeth Lyons says, 67, I wasn't born yet. I wasn't even conceived as a thought. Thursday Warrior, you had me scared for a moment, Odin. You started reading my comment, and I thought, crap, I did post that twice. Oh, no. Forever Sci-Fi, I loved Bobcat in Police Academy movies. I never saw those. Orange Hat says, funny thing, one of my third cousins is married to Bobcat Goldweight. Also, I could do a great imitation of his earlier works. Really? You you have some familial connections to Bobcat Goldweight? You need to get him on your channel, man. Hardwick says, Josephus, pronounced Josephus, uh, was an ancient Jewish historian. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different uh, pronunciations there. But yes, I, I know who you are speaking of. Father also. Yes, ancient Jewish historian from biblical times, for sure. Okay. 
Uh, let me double check with my DLAF fam. Nope, questions from DLAF fam. DLAF fam, y'all are great. Uh, I should be able to do a chest opening tonight. We'll see how things go at the end. Hardwick says, I'll send you an article that goes into detail about the divorce rate's been steadily falling with successive generations since 1970. And I will probably be able to find an article that refutes it. So <laughs> I would say, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll try and look that because I always, I always have to look that up every year anyway. Cause we, we, you know, uh, we were going to talk about, we we're obviously going to talk about marriage, uh, in the coming weeks. Cause we have some sacraments that we still need to go to. Store people says, if you murder a pregnant woman, many jurisdictions will charge you with double homicide. Apparently the unborn in a human in some people, that's what always has gotten me is the fact that in some of these places where you can kill a child. If you happen to kill a mother who is with child, they call it double homicide. The only way that could be double homicide is if the child in the womb is also human. It drives me nuts. It's a double standard. Father says, well, I'm off to watch Red Dwarf. Yeah, I'm, again, getting close to heading off myself. Uh, Captain Dean Heiss, thank you very much for the five ice cream donations. Appreciate it. Voice a little tired. Let me shout out those some people real quick. Shout out to my YouTube members at the Army of Asgard level and above. That is the Window Liquor, your Muslim uncle, Kara Tharp, Eric Duets, Rich the Savior, Dadman Walking 55, M Tax Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange at Reviews, Adam Avery, Twirly Wolf, Jaysto, and Aiden Vickery. You guys are all amazing people. We've had a consistent number of people tonight. Uh, also remember, again, links posted. Click on that link. Follow the link at the website to vote in this year's Wednesday Raven Awards. Again, uh, last few days to do it. It'll be closing on Friday. So again, Friday, e- Friday, Friday evening, it will be closing after the Friday Night Tights stream. Uh, as JKD Buck is coming into the chat. Um, and yeah. You guys are fantastic. Thanks for everyone for your conversations tonight. Uh, I know that we went into a bit of a philosophical, political, um, theological uh, bit for a second, for a hot minute or two. But I think it's important to have these conversations, especially where we are now, right? Because I know that I was feeling a lot of anger and rage earlier. I know a lot of people as well, a part of this community, were feeling a lot of anger and rage earlier. And um, all I can say is if the anger is just, right, if the frustration is based off of a an injustice, then it is something that is understood but also must be looked at and also must be given proper thought to because those, even if it's something that's just, even if it's just anger, we can obviously have that be used against us. So we need to be careful with that. But at the same time, I think that we need to be very aware that there are many people who are going to try and push us apart, pull us away from each other, and that it's incredibly important for us to be aware that every single one of us is made in Imago Dei, in the image of God, that we have an obligation, that we have an obligation to speak truth and not your truth, my truth to speak the truth and to be able to do so as best as we can to open our hearts to others, to love our enemies as ourselves. One of the most difficult commandments we've ever been given to love enemy. Something all of us, all of us, I think 
myself especially, need to work on. Daniel Thorne dropping 20 lemons. Seriously, so crazy. Thank you. Um, but anyway, uh, it is still Easter season, so let us continue to go through this season with the resurrection of Christ in our hearts and to remind us always that there is so much more to any of the worst things we've experienced today, this week, month, year, um, that there is still so much more good out there. And sometimes all we need to do is to realize and to recognize that the goodness that exists in this world can only exist if we open our minds and open our hearts to do it. But anyway, thank you all very much for being here. Seriously, you guys are all fantastic and amazing people. Shout out, of course, to uh, to the Valks, to Tina and Steph for always being absolutely amazing, spectacular people. Uh, again, they really do. You have no idea how much they help um, get this show going and to keep this show afloat. So shout out to them for being amazing, to the members, to the people just chatting away. Again, y'all, the lifeblood. If y'all weren't here, I'd just be talking to myself. And uh, I'm glad that y'all are here. But anyway, I hope the pup... Oh, that's right. Steph had to leave early for sick pup. Well, hope the pup feels better. Thank you, Tina, for sticking around. ZK Man says, because Odin is awesome, thank you for that $5 donation via Streamlabs. It really does. Again, really does mean a lot. You guys, seriously, amazing, beautiful people. Do not let the craziness of this world get you down. Uh, when you feel down, when you feel that you need some place to go, when you need a sense of hope, and you have nowhere else to go, look to God. Open yourself up at the very least, and you may be surprised at what is waiting for you. You guys are awesome. Have a wonderful day. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my April Patreon and Subscribestar members. Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Bifur de Hobbit, Brian P., Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Dion, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Humor and Hobbies, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Lance, Laura Story, The Modern Major General, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and of course, the Empress of the Universe, Tina B. And my subscribe star remembers... Remembers? Subscribe star remember <laughs> I did it again. Subscribe star members. Fast reaction. Nosferatu Gatsu. Stand for John B. Perpetual Punster. Mr. Roy. Glinzer. J. Alex McCarthy Jr. Dean Heiss slash the new number two. J. Rod the Beer Guru. Nevanon G. Adams and ZK Man. Thank you to all of my Patreon and Subscribe Star members. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream, check out the links in the description to find out how to sign up on Patreon and Subscribe Star. Also, you'll find out how to get access to things like giveaways of Blu-rays and 4K titles and digital codes, and also access to an exclusive podcast for my Keepers of the Bifrost and 
also the Chosen of Valhalla level where you can not only get all of those things, you also get a t-shirt and get to be featured on a live stream once a month hosted on the OMB Reviews channel. Anyway, if you want to have access to any of those things, check out the links in the description for Patreon and Subscribestar for more information. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and as always, God bless.